This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Battlestar Galactica spools up the FTLs and heads to San Diego Comic-Con. We hop on the cosmic treadmill and run in place as we talk about the DC comic event, The Button. And I have a simple game for Joe of What If. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where I try to take over the world one listener at a time. I am uh, Paul. Um, I'm glad that we deal with Batman's parents again, Stedman. And and to my left, as always, is Joe. I'm glad that we deal with Flashpoint again, Peters. <laughs> I, f- I told you, I feel like Flashpoint should just be the, the go-to alternate universe instead of having so many splintered... DC universes, which we'll talk about in the news here in a moment. Yeah, so we'll get to more of that in a second. But we're going to talk about the the four-issue crossover, quote-unquote, because it went between Batman and the Flash event called The Button. Um, We'll provide some context as we go along because it does tie into... like Even if you guys don't read comics, there's some stuff here that I think you guys will appreciate and and also understand as we go along. So, uh, But yeah, I hope everybody has a safe fourth. I, I hung out with Joe, and he made sure I didn't do anything stupid. I don't, like really, really low key this year. Yeah, usually like, on the Fourth of July, we do a lot of stupid stuff. But yeah, we're really old now. Yeah, <laughs> it's old, and then having to work the next day is just not a good combination Ooh. to do anything stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Fourth of July was good. It, it beautiful was good. weather. Yeah, cooked out, relaxed. Play, played some uh, Joking Hazard, the Cyanide and Happiness card game. Yeah. Played some Cards Against Humanity with, uh, I will I will just briefly uh, toot my own horn that I won. Uh, Joe had the card of, instead of giving coal to kids, Santa now gives this to bad kids. And I laughed and handed Joe the card, and he immediately picked uh, my card, which was write passive-aggressive notes. That's what Santa <laughs> would do. To kids, you know, oh, this God. Kind of I, I thought that's the best answer. Who doesn't love passive aggressive notes right? or dislike passive aggressive <laughs> notes? Just, just, just funny enough to be a Cards Against Humanity. Sometimes it doesn't have to be like uh, the most disturbing thing in Cards Against Humanity. Like the one card I played where it was like uh, pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, <laughs> pizza at supper time. And like Paul just started cracking up. It had no context. It's yeah. my favorite song. So I picked it automatically. Because <laughs> when you have pizza on a bagel, you could have pizza anytime. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, it was a fun fourth. I hope you guys had a fun fourth as well. And now we'll get on to news. Good news, everyone. So, a good tie-in here. It's Ronald D. Moore's birthday today. The guy who is the creator of the current or the newer Battlestar yeah. Galactica. Um, and yeah, for 25th anniversary of sci-fi, they're doing some, uh, panels at San Diego comic-con and they're bringing back a lot of the cast for, uh, Battlestar Galactica to yeah. have a panel. If, if you've never watched Battlestar Galactica, I, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, it's definitely up there in, in the upper echelon of television shows that I watched that I definitely, 
it got its hooks in me deep and uh there were a lot of people that it got their hooks you know its hooks in deep and 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 it's it's i want to say it's like up there with like your breaking bads you know well because like the cliffhangers and the the show is very serialized so like the sometimes when they would drop a bomb sometimes literally sometimes figuratively you're like what's going to happen next right and this felt like the first big well outside of lost this felt like the first big like oh, i didn't like lost well but people did and they talked about it yeah you know? that's and, true it did lost had its hooks too and people man. love water cool and lost the, the the what was it the the not the last season of lost but like the the two before that were actually really good and tight and well written yeah. and they left you on some good like what is going on moments that I really appreciated. I'm not saying I care for the last season. Yeah, That's I wanna, a whole other talk. I want to say like third or fourth season of Lost is where it peaked and then it just like basically nosedived. Yeah. At least I mean, for it, me. But not to compare it to Lost though because like no. I feel like like your Battlestar is kind of like your um, your your nerd water cooler type show. And and there's people that I know that don't like like pop culture geeky stuff and they love Battlestar Galactica you know it's like you can you can kind of put aside the sci-fi stuff if you don't like sci-fi for the human drama and some of the situations and things like that you know it's it's very I want to say it's almost like uh like how Game of Thrones and Walking Dead have hooked a lot of the culture that normally wouldn't follow that type of culture yeah, and, that's fair. And and I don't think that Battlestar had as much of an exposure as those shows and they weren't it wasn't marketed as heavily. But had it been or had it been blasted out to enough people, I'm I'm like the first like 3 seasons of Battlestar Galactica uh, Battlestar Galactica is just like a rush. Like you're just it's just go 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 go, you know. Yeah, and I I know you like I came to it later and like when I started watching it you're just like here have some more, have yeah. some more. And then you were mad because it, I didn't have to wait as long between seasons like you've had to, yeah. you know, like there were some delays. It it like it, Joe's right that the, the sci-fi component of it, you could, you know, you, it's not, it's there, it's prevalent. There's robots, there's spaceships, um, but it's and, and these people are on the run because their home worlds are destroyed by these robots that Feels- were once their servants, but now are just chasing them down. Yeah. And then you find out, even with this, the scattered remains of humanity, they still want to screw each other over, right? Like, and it's just, you know what though, you think about it, the more I think about it now, it's very Walking Dead before Walking Dead. Yeah, that's that's just like where we're going to go that way. Yeah, instead yeah. of zombies, you have robots that look like people that are trying to exterminate all of like you know. Oh, oh, uh, that was a that was a bad Exter- Dalek, yeah. Dalek pun. <laughs> Sorry, no, um, I don't want to get it mixed up with Daleks. Even though this is is a British TV show, no, they want to basically extinct the human race because of like you know they got this huge chip on their shoulder because of what the humans did to them so they're pretty much out to take them all out and then what's left of humanity is just on the run yeah and then even then it gets muddied and like and, and in a does. good way where it's like you um you learn that there's eventually like there's some different factions inside the cylons themselves the humans have different sides even even the aggressive like there's a whole big uh, showdown between military rule and governmental rule. Yeah, that sounds boring, but it's actually really interesting. Well, there's even there was even social commentary during during the whole time that the show was running, where they had like um, it was right around the the whole 9/11 crisis and like when we first started occupying the Middle East. And I remember the whole episode of one of the. Um, uh, seasons started out where it's like the Cylons were kind of there, but they had all the humans kind of like 
not in camps, but it was just kind of like they were just there. Where, and then they were like, "We're here to keep keep an eye on you and protect yeah. you." But it's just like so. Then it starts yeah. questioning is like if you view these people that you've come to know and care about and view them as heroes, but they're doing terrorist acts. Yeah, like are they doing the right thing? And it and it, it twists like this the entire time. And it's just it's a really good show. I'm excited for this panel at Comic Con just because I'm curious as to what like, I hope there's legitimate questions asked as opposed to yeah I don't know we we've talked about con stuff before where people just freak out and ask like the dumbest things but i hope there's some actually some stuff that's kind of revealed um because i mean you're gonna have most of the cast there uh and it should be fun and i like that like people are excited for this i feel like this is kind of one of those things that's been away long enough that when they're announced they're coming back everyone's like yeah we got to talk to these people i think that's great uh but also speak real quick to your moment uh, about sci-fi but not sci-fi uh, Edward James almost was um, he was approached to do the show and he's like if it has monsters I'm not doing it he's like that's I'm not doing anything goofy and um, <laughs> they, they said uh, it, it, someone asked him it's like well like what would happen if they decided to like kind of bait and switch you and show like a monster he's like I would I would do the scene look at the monster faint and pretend I have died and then just fall down and then walk off the set like he would have just been like oh no my character's not dead I'm out like that would have been like I'm sure he would have punched somebody in the face too yeah. like but and that's another reason I think I think him being like the anchor of that show to begin with really got me on board yeah and also I love that you find out that their ship isn't the most technical technologically advanced for a reason and a lot of the action takes place in like they're basically their um their war room that they can't see outside it's very much like a submarine. Yeah. So there's a lot of tension about like we there's no no visual contact sometimes. It's very, very tense. And they limited the number of like video screens too to kind of keep that more person to person communication. Um, cool show. Like uh we could do a whole episode about Battlestar and I I would have mixed feelings about the the resolution, but I some have people a lot like of, it. I have a lot of mixed feelings about Battlestar Galactica because I loved it and like there were some things where I didn't get closure from some things, and I was really <laughs> angry. Uh, but overall, it's probably it's one of the best shows I've ever watched. Yeah, there's so. like I still go back and watch the New Caprica arc every so often. Yeah. There's like those two or three episodes. I it's it I still love that. I love. I'm not gonna. If you guys have not seen it, you gotta watch it. It's it's cool, and we're excited for them to come to Comic Con. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff they announced coming. Like, I feel like uh, San Diego Comic Con now isn't anything to do with comics. Just like, hey, remember TV shows? We're bringing people back. Remember yeah. movies? It's like, you know. But whatever. If they can do it, I, I would love to be in that room, just listening to everybody. So, so. Um, yeah. Next fun bit of news. Um, anybody that plays a game uh, called Overwatch. We've uh, never talked about on the show before. Yeah, I don't know if you know about this game or not, uh, but <laughs> it's 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 a it's a PC and console game. Uh, uh, you, you play different little uh, characters um, who shoot each other and try to get objectives done in the game. Um, anyway, so uh, Overwatch has been been known for leaking out, or not leaking out, but teasing teasing uh, new characters uh, that are going to be added to the game, which is a great value, because, I mean, you, you, pay, you buy this game for 60 bucks, and pretty much all the content they add is free. Like, you've not yeah. really had to pay for any content to over for Overwatch, and they've released so far, what, the three characters this is going to be the fourth care free character they're going to release 
Um, and it's a big one because everybody's been been dying to get this character because he he seems to be seated in the lore of the game. Uh, his name's Doomfist, and everybody's been. It's funny because anytime they they hint at a new character, everybody's just kind of like Doomfist, and it's all it's it's almost like the little seagulls from Finding uh, Nemo, <laughs> where they're Doomfist, Doomfist yeah. instead of mine. They're like you know the internet turns into that. So uh, Blizzard pretty much all but confirm that it is going to end up being Doomfist because some things that happened in the game, they changed parts of levels to kind of insinuate that the Doomfist is missing. Someone has it. Uh, and then there was a newspaper article. And what was it in? Was it like, a sh- like an animated short or a comic? Or no, no, it's just they just they released this this um, like leak of an article. It's not even animated. It's just something you can read. Oh, okay. It's just kind of like, kind of like when they were te- uh, teasing the character Sombra, they had a whole uh, augmented reality game type setup where you had clues all over like different parts of the debt and everything else to figure out what was going on because she's a hacker. Um, so with Doomfist, they just have like a story like just right now teasing, you know, that he, the character that's going to wield the Doomfist has been broken out of prison by another character in the game. Um, and I, it, this, we're talking all about this being, this is a competitive team shooter that has more lore than single player games that are standalone experience. And this is a shooter that you could pick up the game and not care about anything. But for some reason, I'm really invested in all, all of Overwatch and its history and what happens and give credit to Blizzard that they're telling stories in the levels. Like you may not even pay attention, but they're giving you all this information. You hear the characters talk to each other. Like I, I could almost live like the game's amazing. And that's all I've done the past couple of days is play overwatch. Cause I don't, that's, that's been what I'm doing. Um, I could, I just, I am hoping that there's actually like a full length, like animated something coming. I could watch just a story about yeah. those characters. I think, uh, well, one of the reasons why it's like that and so successful is it was originally planned to be the next MMO, and then they kind of scrapped it. And, you, and to make it a, a massive multiplayer game like that, you need to ha- you need to start building a foundation of lore, and you need to start bu- do world building. So, and that's one of the most successful things Blizzard has is their world building capabilities. And you you know you can thank Chris Metzen for that. But uh, I mean, it's no surprise with Overwatch. Like anything they do, they're gonna they're gonna flush out characters. They're gonna make stuff interesting, you know. So, um, and well, even like I know you play Heroes of the Storm, they still keep leaking in information from all the different other Blizzard properties, right? And people and, lose yeah. their minds and get excited about that, you yeah. know. Like like we had talked about before the um, uh, before the uh, the show. Like, did we want to talk about like one of the new characters in Heroes of the Storm? I was like, no. Like Doomfist is probably going to be enough, but I mean, like people are kind of losing their minds because um, Alexei Stukov from StarCraft is going into um, Heroes of the Storm, and and like that's a character that people have been dying to get in that game for a while. And then the other one is Deathwing from World of Warcraft. Like everybody wants Deathwing. Like okay, Deathwing's a world destroying dragon. Are they going to have him as a human or just like a really large dragon well, walking around the board? It's weird because like Chromie's in it and she's a, she's in her gnome form. That's she true. never turns she's into a dragon. dragon yeah. And then you have like different sized creatures. Like technically Ragnaros is in it, but he's not the size of a sky like a skyscraper. Like that's he is. fair. And, I just uh, think if you're going to bring Deathwing in, like you better yeah. have like a Godzilla style like character. That's I don't think like, they're going to. make I walk well. across all the lanes. Yeah. You know, it takes, probably... it takes five of you to work Deathwing together. <laughs> They'll probably make uh, Deathwing um, like like a human form, like whatever his his yeah. form is that he takes. Whatever it is has a really big jaw. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, like the Doomfist thing is, I think this is great because they even admitted that in, in the original Overwatch teaser that they put out to, to, to show what the game could be, it's this museum setting where two heroes and two villains face off over the capture of this Doomfist. And they even admitted that it was just kind of like something as just a, we're going to put this in just to kind of get the story started. And then people started asking about it. So they started building with that. Yeah. Like they had no, they had no uh, indication that they were actually going to go further with a thing called the Doomfist. And if you look at all the different character names, like it's, it's kind of a weird name to put in there with everything else, you know, like, I, so I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Like, and as long as Terry Crews is the voice of Doomfist, because he really wants to be the voice of Doomfist. Yeah. They, they probably will find somebody else, but I would love if Terry Crews ended up being a character oh, in Overwatch. That would be the best. What if it was just Terry Crews as Terry Crews in Overwatch? I would, Controlling I would, the Doomfist? No, just just, just Terry Crews. That's it. Like, you, you have his pecs as a weapon or something. Block, I don't know. Block, block, block. <laughs> you guys have not watched the... Look it up on YouTube. Terry Crews uh, voices Overwatch. Yeah, it's a, it's cool. So I like, excited excited for a team based shooter to give me a character because I want to learn more about the world and the characters involved. Yeah, and that's I, that's that's a magic trick that I, not many other people could pull off. So hats off to Blizzard, and of course you know we're fans of Blizzard here on the show, and almost as much as we talk about Spider Man. But yep. there you go. So, so um, cool. now a story and not about Spider Man. The last yeah the, the last bit of news is actually going to tie right into not tie right into but it's in the same wheelhouse. So um, DC Comics has another event coming up uh, called, is it, what is it, Bat, is it Bat, just Batman Metal? Yeah, I think it's called Batman Metal. Batman Metal. metal. Like, like in your face, like. Batman Swedish Death Metal. Yeah. So um, Scott Schneider's working on this, which Scott Schneider has done a lot of cool things for Batman. He created the Quarter Owls, which has become a huge hit. And I think they even pulled in the Quarter Owls into Gotham. They did. They? They tried. I think they tried. Yeah. And they're fairly new. Um, so uh, who? who? I'm joking. Go who? on. Who? Who? <laughs> who? It's just a bunch of characters that could turn their head almost all the way around, yeah. stare at people awkwardly, and then go back to what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but this new series, um, which is coming out, is it's going to be a splintered universe type thing again, but it's not going to impact the rebirth universe in a sense where it's like you kind of need to follow this because it's 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 affecting everything. It seems like it's going to be a little bit of a standalone, something that sounds like fun you can follow, um, similar to what like almost like what Flashpoint was. But uh, the premise is um, like there's there's alternate dimensions, of course, uh, where Batman has powers, um, like whether it's a Wonder Woman they, or he has the Green Lantern ring or he's got the sadistic nature of the Joker. Um, but they're all basically bat villains. So and then they're deciding to come to Earth and do what bat villains with superpowers would do. Yeah. So in, in a sense, it almost sounds like uh, I don't want to say Blackest Night. But it sounds like a Batman's the bad guy, which is scary, and he's got powers, and how are we going to deal with that? And you have seven of them that are also Batman, and they all have different powers, but they're Batman, which we've all established that Batman is just a crazy rich guy that always seems to find a way to win. So what happens when you give him powers and six other guys like him? that just want to cause problems. Yeah. Like this is the, this is the guy who came up with a contingency plan for all the justice league members. If they turn bad and it worked, you know? And so I don't know what's going to happen. It's interesting. I hope this is a standalone series because I know we've talked before about flashpoint and we'll get more to that in a minute. Um, how 
like that and like um, Darkest Night was supposed to kind of be it's like you know you're supposed to be able to read the main books yeah. without getting so off the path but then those got big and I feel like you missed a lot of the the story you know mm-hmm. so I hope Metal is its own thing because if that's the case then I'd be more than happy to read it I just don't need I don't have the time nor the budget to go buying 20 different books to read about a, an event that's going to it's going to be a one shot which is fine but I feel like that would be a big investment for something that, yeah. you know. So, but, yeah. you know, if you're a big Batman fan or DC fan, check this out. Because it sounds like, you know, uh, Scott Schneider has done no wrong with Batman. And um, this seems like a really interesting event. Because, I mean, anytime there's anything going on with Batman, uh, it's always fun. Well, and it also feels like to me with this is kind of how, like, um, what Marvel's been doing recently where they kind of keep shaking up characters and types. Mm-hmm. And, like, with uh, with the, the female Thor and Ironheart, how I feel like they're going to throw seven of these against a wall and one of them is going to be a, a standout. Yeah. Player, one of right? them will definitely probably stick. And then they're going to be like, Oh, well there's, they're, they're going to hang out with us from now on. It's always going to be that. Yeah. Like, it's probably going to be the Batman who laughs. It's going to be the Joker Batman. It's yeah. probably the one. Um, even though I do like the Aquaman once it's called the drowned. That's a very game of Thrones type of uh, vibe to that. Um, so yeah, I just, we'll see. I just, I think this is their chance at kind of doing a little bit of like, um, keeping it's also a safe bet if you attach Batman to something people will be interested in, as opposed to just writing a unique story yeah so yeah anyway Batman metal could be really cool or or not I don't know <laughs> we'll check it out we'll yeah. report back on it so yeah. but we'll talk about what we are going to talk about today and now for our feature presentation so about a year ago back in May of last year, I want to say that's when they kicked off the whole new DC Rebirth, um, which has been going really strong ever since then. Um, that's kind of like their current universe that is uh, considered canon. Yeah, so um, I don't know. It seems like Marvel and DC every so often they just go in and clean house and yeah. kind of start over again. I think part of that is just to kind of like wipe out some of the, the the lore that may have been problematic. And also I think it's because whenever you have a big summer movie push, you want to try to attract some new readers. So you always kind of want to give Start them fresh, like a ground floor. Yeah. Right. So um, with the, with rebirth, they're bringing back in though, the, the original Canon, right? Yeah. Or, a lot of the original yeah. Canon, but one of the big things they did with rebirth was they hinted at the inclusion of Watchmen, uh, specifically Dr. Manhattan. Uh, at the end of the the teaser, or not only say the teaser, but the first issue, letting you let, letting you know about everything that that's been kind of reverted back from um, Wally West um, getting contact back out of the Speed Force and everything from New Fifty Two getting kind of like shaken up and returned the way it was, um, and you kind of learn in, in so many ways that uh, Doctor Manhattan was responsible for New Fifty Two, and then they kind of just leave it at that. But there was a button left behind, which is obviously the comedian's button. Yeah, the, the smiley face button with the, the blood streak on it that if you guys have seen the Watchmen film, it's the very iconic image of Watchmen. Um, that, that button is left behind in the, in the DC universe or what do you want to call it? The rebirth universe. Yeah. Um, and that's where this four issue series takes off. But like, but just to make it clear, though, if people aren't familiar with this, Watchmen was published by DC in the 80s. Uh, but its stories and its characters were completely separate from the DC universe, meaning that, you know, like you weren't going to have Night Owl and Batman team up like that. They were separate, separate stories, separate entities. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And only until recently, whenever they did it, a few years ago, they did that before Watchmen series kind of seeing test in the water. See, people are still interested in the Watchmen as characters that DC realized that 
Um, as much as Watchmen is a, it's, it's it's outstanding. If you've not read the actual Watchmen series, it's really good. But it doesn't really leave a lot of room for the characters to do much at the end. Yeah, like you know, pretty much a lot of their stories are over. Yeah, for, the, for good reason. Yeah, the Watchmen ends the way the Watchmen ends. The only people you could really see going anywhere would be Silk Spectre or Night Owl. Yeah, to do anything, but have more sex in the owl. Yeah, the, the owl ship. Yeah, but the uh, but like Alan Moore was Alan Moore wanted to use actual DC characters, but DC was like, no, you can't do that with Superman or Batman. Yeah, because they I was reading up on this before you came over. They they actually had bought the rights for um, some other smaller comic company that it was a kind of a recognizable stable. And he's like, sure, I'll do that. And then they realized, oh, at the end of your story, none of these characters will ever be usable ever again. So they, they kind of just convinced him, like, make up your own characters. And he's like, okay. And it was kind of great how it didn't take much for him to convince him that he could still tell the story with the archetypes that he wanted to get across. Yeah. And um, and I, I was re- it was really interesting just reading kind of the history of the publication and how him and uh, uh, the artist, um, I, I wanted to bring up the information so I get the name right, uh, Dave Gibbons. Yeah, Dave Gibbons um, is the artist. And how Watchmen. he, he kind of just let him design all the looks of them and everything, too. I thought that was pretty cool. But that's not that conversation. Um, it, so Watchmen's important. It shaped... it. It's one of those books that, like, it kind of showed you in the 80s that comics could be more than just a beat-em-up. That it, it's something that was more than just for kids. Like, it was the first, like... Real, not, maybe not the first, but like the one people go back and look at, saying this is the one that set the stage for having very mature mm-hmm. like themes and comics and having, yeah, but using a superhero story to tell a much bigger story. Yeah, you know, I mean, even like it, it was a way ahead of its time. I mean, if you go look, go back to the Silver Age and you look at a lot of comics in the eighties, and you read some of them, like some of them did have like you know, Mar- Marvel did its job of trying to have like adult problems in their comics, but none of them were really as dark as Watchmen. Like, Marvel was really pretty good about, you know, giving a few human problems to your heroes and things like that, but like, you know, Watchmen touched on, like, you know... Rape. Well, yeah, rape for, <laughs> for one thing, which was, was pretty shocking, uh, you know, to have in a comic book in the 80s, but then, you, you know, you've got alcoholism, you have uh, people, you know, who are washed up in retirement, even the villains. Like, what happens, you know, when Doctor Doom hits, like, you know, his mid-60s and, you know, it's like, you can't you know, we read comics nowadays and like heroes and villains and comics are timeless, but you know, like watch in a real world, in a real world, yeah. like Watchmen put it into a perspective where you had all these, um, these, these heroes that were, you know, around during the late sixties, early seventies with the Minutemen, And then you flash forward about 20 years into the eighties, late mid eighties. And it's like, you know, they're all older, you know, some of them are still doing their jobs. You know, the comedian still being the comedian is the, the the vigilante and the and the the jerk that he is, and then you've got like uh, is it Morlock or more is it Morlock who's I think the Morlock guy? was the villain yeah the villain who is pretty much just like pretty, living on social security in his and apartment had, in New York has terminal cancer and he has terminal cancer and it's just like this was a guy that would like match wits and and, and fight people in crime and then like. Uh, now he's pretty much like f- fighting cancer and dying in an apartment alone in New York City. And it's just like, it, you know, you take other villains in other comic books back then. It's like, what if like, you know, Dr. Octopus was like that in, in like the 80s? You know, he came around in the 60s with Spider-Man. But it's like, yeah, if we aged him the appropriate way, Otto Octavius could possibly have cancer or, or something. And like, he's just kind of hung up the arms and he's just like sitting in a chair 
can't walk and it's just like you're kind of like oh man that guy used to just rob banks and just wreck stuff and look at him now yeah so it would kind of put that into perspective and you know there's and then there's other you know you know themes like you know the the whole thing with um you know like back you know talking about the whole rape thing like uh, estranged fathers and keeping you know secrets from people about like their daughter you know the daughter they don't know they have and like um uh, uh, like washed up fame, like you used to be a famous superhero, but now you're not, you know, all those things. Or even like a character like Ozymandias that, you know, he had that um, like image put forward mm-hmm. and then he ended up just turning it into like a business empire, you right. know? And like, so, so he was, he was still Ozymandias, but he was like, you know, like, yeah. it's just a lot of interesting stuff in there. Um, read the books. Like, I, and um, there's a lot of stuff in there that's not in the movie too that I don't want to give away because yeah. there's some interesting stuff that goes on there too I'd, and it's dense it's a dense read it's good and it's just a, like like um, what was it so there's in what like the 100 best um, books of like yeah time yeah. Like, it's it I think it's time magazine yeah. or time magazine time life something like that they put it on uh, the top 100 it's in the list of top 100 novels of all time and I don't remember where it ranks but to have a graphic novel on that list and you know from that era is, is pretty big. Yeah. So w- the reason we set the stage for this is because, so DC, obviously they see merit in having some of these characters, which I'm not going to lie. I like the idea. And I know this isn't what, where they're going to go with this, but um, I know when they did before Watchmen, they kind of still, they, they showed a little bit of like the night owl and Rorschach teaming up a little bit. And I, I think that's still a really interesting dynamic. I would like to see more, of that kind of storytelling. Yeah. But the problem is though, because you have before Watchmen, so then you know what happens. It's hard to, it's hard to, to, to color in those lines or I should say outside those lines. Cause you know, there's an ultimate end to that. Yeah. So then the key to it is Dr. Manhattan. This guy is a God. Uh, he has like powers. He, he doesn't even, he's not even sure how powerful he is. And he's getting slowly disconnected from humanity just because no one else could conceive of, of reality as he knows it. And that is like, that's the ultimate writer's tool of doing whatever you want when you have a God that's disinterested and all those things around him. Mm-hmm. And so the button, the, the, the miniseries here, which deals with Batman looking at the button from the comedian, which I don't understand why that is so goddamn important other than as a reader, we recognize that's from the comedian and it was a one-off little um, piece of, uh, attire that Gibbons added to the comedian when he drew the character as this kind of like he wanted a bright smiley face to go along with how dark the character was. Yeah, and then and that kind of became like with a little bit of blood on it that kind of that kind of spoke a lot to the Watchmen series. I don't understand why this button is so goddamn important when you could do a number of things. You know what I mean though? Like, are you talking about just for the button series? For the, yeah, because it's yeah. like like so Batman. He's in his, his his you know his man cave with like thirty seven monitors and all of them have different images of the button on it like as if like like oh wait top right corner what's going on with the button now what's going <laughs> what's going to bottom left corner and then but in the one central screen he's watching a hockey game I think or something uh, it was really know. weird which and then so you find out that this thing has it has a radiation around it you know probably bright blue dong radiation but that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, and it's like I I don't understand other than the fact that like if that's the one thing that that um kind of pierced the veil of of one reality into this new reality, I just it just seems like to me that that button is way more important to the reader than it could possibly be in that universe. 
You know, you know what I mean. Like, well, th- I think it's just iconic. That's all. I mean, you. Yes, you're right. It is way more important to the reader because that's how the reader connects to it. Like, I mean, anybody who and and uh, you know, unfortunately, the movie is kind of like what made it more iconic. But like anybody who reads comics or knew what the Watchmen was, they'd be like, oh, I know what that is. Like, had they had they had they put in like like the night the night owl's cowl. Like anybody would just be like, oh, that's probably just some other superheroes. Like that could be Hawkman's. Well, like, cow, what if you know? it was like Rorschach's mask? I get, yeah, because I, guess. I mean, okay, here, I'm just. Well, I mean, you guys have probably seen the movie or whatever. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Rorschach gets vaporized because he, like, because Doctor Manhattan is like, well, you know. I, I, you, you can't go tell people what happened here. And he's like, I have to. Like, you're not going either. You, either you kill me or I'm going. And he just gets vaporized. Like something like that would be way more powerful because he was actually zapped out of existence by Manhattan. You know, versus like a button. Like I don't know. I don't have a problem with the button. I think it's a good segue. I mean, it's okay, but it just feels like it feels like it means more to us than it could possibly mean to the universe. You know, and it just, it just, it's like it, the, what, like, so what does stop Batman from being like, you know what? I'm going to go look at every hot topic now to see if I can find out what happened with this button. Yeah. But that button, you know? that button was like, it was a, it was a centerpiece in that whole series. Like, you know, he falls out of the window, yeah. the buttons on the thing. And then Rorschach finds the button and the button pretty much passes through everyone's hands. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm just saying in terms of being a physical object, I, whatever that, that's fine if it's if it's the MacGuffin that gets things going that's fine so this is a four issue series two with Batman two with the Flash and the first the first issue is basically Batman with a button and then out of nowhere the reverse Flash shows up to take the button and the whole issue is just like a minute by no, sorry a second by second breakdown of a fight between Batman and Reverse Flash that would be okay on its own but you're giving me a four issue sh- series so it's like wow you spent a lot of time with that fight. I don't know. It was a cool fight. I'm not mad about that fight. I mean, I agree with you that that fight took way too long in terms of a panel. The, one of the, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a cool fight. It was a cool showdown, but you have four issues to yeah. tell a big story, and you're going to spend one of them specifically on a second-by-second breakdown of someone who has the speed, if not more so, of the Flash fighting crazy rich man in his Batcave, you know? Um, and yeah, he lost. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did lose. Um, and did you notice the the nine panel construction the entire time of that issue? Like it was broken down to nines, like Mm-mm. just just like the Watchmen comic. Mm. And it kind of pissed me off. It's like I get what you're going for. You don't need to do this. And that nine panel comes back again at the end of the series too, mm. um, because there's a lot of times where they would use the nine the nine square grid and Watchmen, um, and it, it you know. It, it works, but it's like I get that you, you you're doing a story that's teasing the the coming of the Watchmen into this universe. Um, but do you need to be so on the nose stylistically too? Uh, because that I just whatever it's fine. It just it, it felt like it felt like a director taking a camera move off of another better director, uh, just because they know it looks cool, not because it actually serves any effect. I could see that point. I I, I can see it more of an homage. Like I could see it being trying to pull into that wheelhouse of of Watchmen because they're trying to get that feel. They're trying to uh, tie it in, and to tie it in artistically is no different than you know. I mean, I feel like uh, you know we talk about like movies that get remade all the time. You know, if you use if you use a director's style 
to make another movie that was like you know the movie that you, the original, then I don't really see that as being any different. I mean, I, I agree with you. It just it just be, it's one of those things. It's like I don't uh, how do how do I put it? Like maybe maybe you love a movie so much that when you see one that like 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 I recently watched the movie um, The Void. Uh, which was like uh, crowdfunded and it was like a kind of a 80s like throwback horror film and you could tell the guys really love John Carpenter to the point to where there were shots specifically rid- lifted out shot John Carpenter films and I'm like it's one thing to love something it's another thing to to, to directly rip off a shot not rip off I'm the rip off's not the right word but it's so blatantly in your face that it kind of removes well, you from the story yeah well we talked about like um yeah I agree with you but I don't really feel like this is blatantly ripped off like I feel like this is more of like what we talked about last week with Sam Raimi doing panels or are doing uh, scenes in his in his movies that were like his other movies but it's Sam Raimi doing yeah. it but since he's not doing it it, it would be co- like okay let's say somebody else directed Spider-Man 2 I like how I brought Spider-Man back into this <laughs> so haha so let's say somebody directed Spider-Man 2 we just talked about this last week the scene where Doc Ock's arms wake up and they decided to make it like Evil Dead, but then they went back to their own style for the rest of the movie, but they made that like Evil Dead because that was their favorite horror movie, and they wanted to reference that because that was what's scary to them. That's that's kind of like understandable, and I feel like doing... But I think that's different because it's taking one genre and kind of putting it in with another. This is a story specifically pointing towards Watchmen, and it makes it's trying to remind you, like, hey, remember Watchmen? Remember, it's like so. That's it's it's not just an. I mean, it well, is then why homage. didn't they just have their penises out? <laughs> like that that would have been like you just you see Batman just kind of walking out, like kind of oh, walking why around. Why did that paint bomb hit me? I'm all blue yeah, oh, now. I'm all blue now. Oh, time to take my clothes there's off. There's my bat dong. You know. Yeah. <laughs> If you guys, if you guys you know, don't, it would, just, it would just be a utility belt, and yeah. that's, there's nothing else in the belt. And he's just naked. Yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's Doctor Manhattan joke. If you've not read or seen Watchmen, that his blue penis is out a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, uh, but but yeah, like I I don't have a problem with the nine panels. I think it's perfectly fine. And honestly, like I kind of like that style. I feel like panels nowadays. I feel like artists are challenged to make panels as crazy as they can sometimes. Well, and that's fair too. I'm not like. It, it's it's not I guess it's just it's not a bad decision, but again it's one of those things that since it's in like I was so aware of it, it really bugged me because I feel like then it's like then once you choose to do this nine panel format, even even if your story doesn't fit it, you've committed to it. So you're you're going to make decisions to fit the format as opposed to the story you want to tell. Yeah. And so the way it worked, I th- were, what I think yeah. would have been cool is if they would have only used that when the button was in the frames. Yeah, something like that's fine. Like, like that would have like, made more sense. Like later on, and this is jumping ahead, but that's fine because this whole thing is all over the place. Oh, we're on the cosmic um, treadmill. We yeah, go wherever we want. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they bring the nine panel back later and it shows the button again yeah. and then it goes into the red of the button and it comes out to the red of the Superman S yeah. like I get it it's just like but it's like it it feels like a high school art project where it's like I gotta tie these two together how do I do it nah, how do I do it I don't know I didn't get um, that vibe yeah so anyway but I see what you're saying I didn't really understand why we had to do the pull out to the Superman S other than the tie in to the upcoming doomsday clock which is the next I guess I don't want to say part of this, but apparently, you know, they're going to just keep teasing and poking at Watchmen until I think Dr. Manhattan shows up and just is just like, behold, the blue hammer. <laughs> behold, pants. Pants. <laughs> like, 
Guess who's got pants this time? Yeah. Because because we got to sell books. This is this is Doc Manhattan with some Doc Martins. Yeah. No, not Doc, Doc Martins. Martins. That's shoes. No, but anyway, some some Dockers. Some uh, Dockers. Yeah. Uh, so. But yeah. So anyway, so they get the button. Reverse Flash comes for the button. He fights Batman, and then he just kind of like it, well, because like, he 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 feels the power of the button. He's yeah. like. Uh, uh, he said he was compelled to be brought to this. Yeah. And this is where, like, the, bear with us. Uh, Reverse Flash died during the Flashpoint series a few years ago. And somehow he's back. But the problem is with Reverse Flash, he's never really dead because since he kind of bounces all over time, it, you don't know if he's at his point of his death or if he's just an echo of what happened. Yeah. Either way. And he kind of acknowledges he's like, you can't kill me. I don't know what's even going on. I just yeah. know I like this button. He's like, I don't know yeah, where He's like, I'm it's at. shining, full of radiation. So he grabs it and then he runs off like real quick because it's he's the flash, reverse flash. Um, to find the source of the power and then within seconds like batman's all beat up and broken lying on the floor within seconds reverse flash shows back up it almost pretty much melts like he saw the ark of the covenant yeah and that's that it's like oh, oh shit he died again and the best part about that is like flash finally shows up and he's like oh what happened and batman's on the ground like shit kicked out of him <laughs> and he's just like your buddy was here and they're like oh what happened? He's like, he had that button and he came back and he disintegrated. And then they're like, we should probably find out what's going on with that button. I'm like, no. Did you see what they just did to that guy? Like, like, yeah, you don't want to know where it goes. Yeah. So then it's like somebody opening the Ark of the Covenant, their face melting off and be like, that guy's face just melted off. Let's from go look at, at it. Be like, well, what was in there? I don't know. Let's go find out. Like, you might, <laughs> might be something pretty cool. Right. We'll know. But no, it's comic it's books. It's cool. I got sunscreen on. We're good. It's comic books. So um, so Batman's got to heal up. And then um, so then Flash is like, well, I guess I'll go get the cosmic treadmill since we're going to go jump around and look for stuff. And, and somehow the button got pulled to Flashpoint again. So, yeah. So the cosmic treadmill is how Flash can use his speed to travel through time. And he used it to go back to prevent his mother from dying, which I'm sure Batman would be like, wait, you could do that? Yeah. You know, so. Uh, so he's like, oh, I should have gotten rid of this before. Conveniently, it's over here in the corner covered in a tarp. I'll just well, use later it. on, it gets destroyed, and he puts it back together in seconds, yeah. which I thought was funny. Like It was a funny bit, but it felt out of place. In the it whole, did, because yeah. it was just like, it's just like, oh, the treadmill just did too much power. It's destroyed. And then like... Like Batman's talking to his dad, and then all of a sudden, Flash is just like, "Give me a minute, I'll put it back together." I'm like, "Well, that's convenient, like, right? Like, um, I hope there's a Radio Shack still open right? in that world." But so the whole Flashpoint story was like it caused this this parallel world or parallel history to happen because Wally's mom lived. We talked about yeah. Flashpoint last year. Yeah, um, um, go back, listen to it. Uh, warning: We talk about wrestling in the beginning for a good thirty <laughs> minutes. So we got a one star review on iTunes we, yeah, we because pit, of our Flashpoint pit, episode. We pissed someone off because yeah. we we had a little mix of discussion because like like all the time we have news, then we have a main segment. But anyway, if you just want to skip to the main segment, we'll talk about Flashpoint so you can get an idea, a point of reference for this. So that world was supposed to be done whenever he put everything right and right. killed Reverse Flash. So then they're on the cosmic treadmill, which Wally, not Wally, it's Barry. It's Barry, right? Barry. Yeah. yeah. We'll get, I'll get corrected which Flash it is. Anyway, a Flash is running on the treadmill. And um and he's just getting his heart rate up and it's just he's tracking his goals you know whatever he got his Fitbit anyway so Batman's like I'll join you and it's like how like but you can't run fast like me it's cool I'll just grapple on and then hang behind you like I'm paragliding yeah. like that doesn't even make sense <laughs> like what's going on he's just like I'll hang on it's like 
does the treadmill physically go someplace right. or does the flash move? Right. None of it's explained, but then you see these panels. It's like, I almost wish that there was like a poster I could get of one of those panels without any dialogue. You uh-huh. just see the flash just tearing up on this treadmill and Batman's his back hanging out like it's spring break. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're right. It's exactly what it was. It's spring break, spring break Batman in yeah. the time stream. Yeah. It was just weird. So then they're trying to figure out like what's going on with this radiation trail for the button and they end up in the flashpoint world that's not supposed to be there anymore because Barry was supposed to have fixed it. And so they show up and there's Bat Dad Thomas Wayne, which by the way is the superior Batman. Yes, which which is which is a tall order to be a superior Batman to Bruce Wayne, but Thomas Wayne by far cooler Batman. Yeah. Um. But like, I, I'm I told Paul, I was like, man, you know, if Marvel can pull Miles Morales in to or Old Man Logan or Old Man Logan in, I need Bat Dad in the regular DC universe, and I'll I'll start reading Batman. Hell, I'd, I'd even, like, I'd say, Marvel, how much will it cost for you to get Thomas Wayne to the Marvel universe? Like, I would love, I just want, like, <laughs> you don't even call him Batman. Just call him, like, the man that is a bat or something. I don't know. And, like, change it up a little bit, because Thomas Wayne, he watched his, his son and wife get killed in front of him, yeah. and he went and beat the guy to death that did it, you know? And then his his whole thing is just, like, his justice is vicious. and But at the same time, it's like, he is way more haggard than Batman. He is, is way more haggard, and like like Batman has that code, and and like wh- like Thomas Wayne just threw that out the window day one. It's, it's like just, it's like if the Punisher were a cow, like yeah. it just. And, but even even I feel like he's even darker than the Punisher, where it's like because yeah, he has resources, like like in he the, runs a casino specifically <laughs> yeah. to trap organized crime, yeah. and then go kill them. He's basically like yeah, the entrapment. He's like yeah. sitting by like the speed trap, just like waiting. He's like, yep, I'm gonna get these guys. Like yeah, like oh, you like to gamble? You're gonna go do anything bad with all that money? I'm gonna kill you later. Like. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on your winnings. Yeah. The house of Wayne always wins. Yeah, here's all your money. Yeah. Um, I heard there's some families out there you can ruin with it. <laughs> he's loading a gun while he's... Make sure you buy some guns with this. Yeah, I, he carries like, a gun. Yeah. Just like... I just... he's a cool, It's a cool look, and I wish... Like, we just talked about this before with the Batman metal things. Like, I feel like of all the things they kind of threw at the wall with Flashpoint, because there's all those, like, kind of, like, alternate stories... Yeah. His was the one I was really interested in. Right. I dug it, like, because like Harley Quinn in, in the Flashpoint world was kind of, kind of like not. She wasn't aligned with the Joker because the Joker like was uh, Thomas Wayne's wife. Yeah, Martha Wayne yeah, became yeah. the Joker. Yeah, which is again way more interesting to me yeah. than than. But whatever. So so we see Bat Dad. Um, for like a second and batman's like oh dad and he's like son and they're like i have questions it's like oh don't worry wonder woman and aquaman they were upset before now they've come after me the mortal that's in this house you know yeah and it happens to be like a wonderful timing of just like oh by the way the the world's going to end because they're coming to kill me yeah and i'm sitting here with a detonator in my hand i was about to blow up the blow the shit out of this place but hey there's my son i mean were were you not like uber disappointed when like all those guys are running down the stairs to the Bat Cave, and Batman is like, or I'm sorry, Bat Kid is like, <laughs> he's like, you have any like defenses set up? And he's just like, no. He's like, your mom was more of the planner. And then he's just like, fists it is. And I'm like, yeah, Bat Dad, Bat Kid fight. Well, because even the Thomas Wayne pulled the handgun out, and Batman's like, no. Yeah, he's it's like, like I want to be like Batman. This isn't your reality. This isn't your people. Yeah. Just and also, it's like. You know, look at your father. He's like 10 times more badass than you. If he wants yeah. to use a gun, let him use a gun. I really wanted to see the two Batmans fight people. 
I really and, wanted. And like, you saw like a second of it. That's where they should have gave me that long panel, yes. like where it's just the Batman's beating the crap out of people together. It's like that's way me- that's way better than than him and his son playing catch. Like to me, yeah, dear Warner Brothers. If you're going to make another Batman movie, just say screw it and just give me so, wait. a Thomas Wayne movie. So if we have uh, um, Ben Affleck as Batman, who's going to play Bat Dad? Bat Dad? Um, who would be a good Bat Dad? Well, I mean, I know who I want, and I know like it's, it seems like the obvious choice now because he's getting a little older. I'd love to see John Hamm as like an older angrier batman i feel like john ham would be no but batman i'm talking about thomas wayne that's what i'm saying like you know like no, thomas wayne. i couldn't see him as thomas wayne you got to give me somebody like in that age group <laughs> like someone that's actually older i don't know like, i'm not talking like eastwood old like i mean like but that would work you know i would like it, it just, yeah he just sits in a chair and just shoots people and that's it i just i don't know i think a tom i think a thomas wayne story we need russell crowe Sure, like that'd be like, fine. I, yeah, I, I but Russell Crowe is already Jarrell, so yeah. he was already somebody else. He was already he was already, he was already, super, already Batman. He was already dad. super dead. Yeah, he was already yeah. super dead. That would be funny, like that, would, like because <laughs> you would have like the whole Batman versus Superman where they're like, "Your name's my, my my mom's Martha too," and then when you find out that Bat Dad looks exactly like Jarrell, you'd be like, "Your dad looks, looks like, like my, my dad. dad." Yeah, that would be funny. Uh, anyway, um, but sorry. now I'm trying to think of an older actor because I guess John Hamm isn't old enough. Um, I feel like he's old enough. But I, I, is, I think he's even older than Affleck. You know, is not, he? Not by much. I think they're like the same age. Uh, you know. They're close to the same age. Anyway, uh, so for whatever reason, they end up in, the, in this flashpoint that's still going on, and then they're confused by this because it was supposed to be erased because of Barry's actions. And then you find out that like pretty much like it was just existing just for them to show up and talk to talk to his dad. And then find out that like all the energy for whatever's happening is somewhere else, and then they the because the, the treadmill is broken because, for for reasons. Barry put it back together, you know, real quickly. And then as they're leaving, the reality around them is like evaporating. And then Batman's like, "Dad, come with me." And he's like, "No." He's a year older than Ben Affleck. There you go. See, perfect. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, give me, give me. Um. Oh shoot. Uh, the Serling, uh, the other, the other guy, the the silver haired guy that was uh, ta- he was Tony Stark's dad. Oh, and, uh, okay. Uh, g- give me him. Like, no, you know, I, don't I know. Think I'm joking. Would be a bad dad. Um, I'm trying to think of a good grizzled bat dad. It's gonna. I don't want to like waste like, time thinking like too hard on 15 it. 15 years ago, Tommy Lee Jones. No. No. Okay. No. I need somebody who's like a little like old. Like I don't know. Somebody who's gonna be beefy. But how many older beefy men are there? Like they're just like who are you thinking? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Anyway, if you guys have a good suggestion for Thomas yeah. Wayne, let, let us know. Uh, not to derail all this, but but I feel like the button derails itself. So they they zip all over. Where did they go next after that? I, I can't remember. That's the problem with this. Like, I read it. No, they, was, they left. They left the Flashpoint Batcave. And then um, then uh, Reverse Flash showed up in the, the Speed Force. Oh, that's right. And, because, and they were like, running in this. There was like a whole issue where they're just running in the Speed Force. <laughs> and then like. It's like everyone who has ever used the Speed Force for anything, like like a line of credit, like you know, a Uber ride, anything. Like that was just, a really good meal. I want to have it again. Yeah, like, like literally the same meal. Boom! Like speed, you're in the Speed Force. So like like Reverse Flash is running in the Speed Force, and he catches up to them in the treadmill, which begs the question: like, is the treadmill moving? Because Reverse <laughs> Flash caught up to it and like ran past him, and he's just like he's like, ha ha, I got a button, and he's like, I saw. 
I saw God, which pretty much we Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. So then he like shoots forward, and he's in front of Doctor Manhattan, well, which the, the, for the most warning, part you can. They assume. warn him because they know he's running to his death. Yeah, they're like, and they're like, "Don't do it, you'll die." And he's like, "Screw you, I'm Reverse Flash. I can do what yeah, I want." So he, yeah. At this point, this is this is him from the first issue when he fought Batman and ran away, and he's running, and then he goes, and we're like, "Hey, we know what's going to happen to you," and he's just like, "Whatever." So he takes off, and then he's like, he's standing before Doctor Manhattan because there's this blue glow, and you pretty much know it's you don't Manhattan. know where it's coming. You from. don't know where it's coming. It's coming from the hammer. <laughs> so. <laughs> I could there, never there, get. There's t- like 100 more PS talk in this I, episode than other episodes. I could never we've had. get tired of making jokes about Doctor Manhattan <laughs> being naked. But anyway, um, so like the Manhattan Project, he, he just he just uh, he just like disintegrates again or before, and then um, they they crash land again, and the buttons there. Yeah, and they crash land in, into the correct reality. The correct no, no, actually, thing. they start crashing out of time, and then Jay Garrick. The the yes. Silver Age Flash shows up. I'm sorry to save the day. Yeah, which whatever. So that was I, my point about the Speed Force. So like like Reverse Flash comes running by, and then it, like in the background, Jay Garrick's like Barry, <laughs> like the Ghost of Christmas Past, and he's just like, "What was called my name?" And Batman can hear it too. Batman's like, "Hey, somebody's calling you." Yeah, he's like, "No, no, no, I'll answer it later." It's yeah. like, "No, no, no, you should probably pick up that ghost call." Meanwhile, up in the parachute, like, "Woo!" <laughs> Yeah. This is so cool. Like Batman's back there with this, like a beer. I just, just I like, just seriously want to, I just want there to be an issue of Flash where he takes people on parash- parasail rides through the through the Speed Force. Yeah, right. So no, but like so, I guess the Jay Garrick has been like lost in the Speed Force, yeah, or whatever. Um, and he shows up, gets them out of the Speed Force, and he's like, "Barry, you don't remember me, but uh, there's been a, basically he's implying that there's a history here that's been erased." Yeah. Uh, because now that Wally West is back, it's kind of showing that, hey, the past few years of DC stories have been like papered. That's papered over the real reality that. So it's hinting that Manhattan is the one that who's been the, papering it over. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what they implied and hinted at at the beginning of Rebirth is that Dr. Manhattan was I don't want to say inadvertently or purposefully. But he was the reason behind New 52 and all this other stuff. Because at the end of Watchmen, he had always said he's going to go off and create his own thing. Yeah. It's... And that was supposedly what it was. Is he went off and was just like, I made New 52. <laughs> so little did you know that New 52 was out in 1986. Yeah, right. Uh, so even though they don't specifically show Manhattan or say his name in the Button series, it's pretty obvious, you know, and... And so, yeah, they get the button back, and then they're like, well, what do we learn? It's like, and, and Batman's like all screwed up. He's like, why did they keep that reality in place for me to see my dad for like five seconds yeah. and then ruin it? Like, he's like, why would they do that? You know, just like he was just like really upset he about was. this. And, and then I didn't like too, like like Thomas Wayne was just like, stop being Batman. I'm like, shut up. Don't you tell him to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I like it too. Like he, he kicks his son back like onto the treadmill. He's yeah. like, you go. And then he's like, remember what we tell or what, but what Wayne men do. It's like when we fall, he's like, we rise. And then he goes running off into non-existence. Like it was a weird, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I would just be like, like he sees that his son's doing okay, but his son is also consumed by vengeance. And followed a similar path, but not Well, that's quite. why he was telling him not be bad. I know, to but be it, happy. Like, he's just like, I'm happy that now that I've seen my son or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, I guess you waited around long enough for that. I thought I just, it was kind of nice that he talked about talked to him about being a grandfather and mentioned like Damien really quick. Yeah. Like, you know, I thought that was a lot better than like. You like, should have been like, where's mom at? Yeah. I'm like, I don't have time to talk about that, yeah. son. Now your mom's a joker. Yeah, what? She's crazy. She's a real wild card. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, 
back into reality. Yeah. Like that would just totally screw with everything. Yeah, and then just, Barry's just so your mom's a joker, huh? Like, so basically, all we ended up getting was um, was. <laughs> Uh, instead of like you know Batman and Flash traveling throughout realities and times, this was basically Bill and Ted's bogus journey, but with Batman and the Flash, because and, and a lot quicker too. Yeah, it's like, like just change change uh, phone booth to treadmill. I would I would like they did a I th- I feel like they should do a Batman Flash book now where they literally do that, <laughs> like just call it hang gliding on cosmic treadmill. I just think that they should go and investigate crime scenes and then have Barry be a dick and always have the answer before Batman can figure it out. <laughs> Just like real fast, be like, oh, forensic science, huh? And like, I got the answer six six hours ago, Batman, but thanks for trying. Speed. Yeah, like speed. Gotcha. Um, so I I guess my my question though is in, in as much as I've been frustrated over the existence of this button and the paneling that was used to draw the comics, um I don't understand the point of the series other I than I feel like, like this is this is a build up to pull Dr. Manhattan into the DC universe and turn Superman into a glass of orange juice. Like I just feel like if you're gonna do that, you might as well just have like, like you just see the DC universe, and then like off in the distance, you see Manhattan's head rise across like the horizon, just a little bit peek over, just make sure everything's going okay, and then just go, you know, go back down, like you know, like like the screaming sun in Rick and Morty, it just kind of shows up <laughs> and goes away. I just I I feel like this is a story that could have been interesting had it actually run well, longer. I feel like it's well this one yes, it should have ran longer, but I feel like they are going to do these in these micro uh things cuz they got this in November, they got this uh the Doomsday Clock coming out which play on I don't want to say play on words, but the clock has Superman's logo on it and it's refers to Doomsday. Yeah, and then but the clock countdown is also uh pivotal to Watchmen. Pivotal to Watchmen, which is it is called the Doomsday Clock. Yeah. So So I just wonder I wonder if Doomsday is going to factor into this probably like, probably for yeah, sure. Yeah. I and this is I know people are going to accuse me of being a DC hater and we we have taken strides here uh, no pun intended to read more DC and there was stuff about Flashpoint I liked a good deal. I thought there was some fun stuff in there. Um and and even reading this there were some interesting things. I just <laughs> It is convenient, and I guess maybe you guys could uh, tell me all the times Marvel does this too, where Barry's like, "Oh, the cosmic treadmill. Uh, I didn't. I never wanted to use this again, but I know where it is." It just felt like a very convenient, just like, "Hey, everybody, remember Flashpoint? And you guys like that? We're going to bring that in too. Hey, everybody, remember Watchmen? We're going to kind of do that. Like it just, it it didn't feel like a good peanut butter." Uh, chocolate like Twix. It didn't really feel like a good. Well, at least they didn't do what Marvel did and try to bring everything you loved into Secret Wars too. Yeah, that's fair. Be like, it's Killing Joke World. It's yeah, it's, it's Dark Death of the Family World. Like yeah, it's I would, Kingdom Come World. I was hoping every world would be one where yeah. Batman's just miserable because the Joker's just killing people he right. loves. That, it's like that everybody, be- like the Kingdom Come, everybody's painted like Alex Ross. So <laughs> can't be like, this is Bane World where Batman gets his back broken all yeah. the time. But I, it's. I'm conflicted because Watchmen is really it's, it's no matter what they write, it's never going to change Alan Moore's book. Like I get that. I'm not going to be like you ruined my childhood or whatever. Like I yeah, I, you know. I feel like Watchmen stands alone stands stands alone strong enough that they could do more stuff prequely and forward like this, and it really wouldn't take away from the original piece. No, I, I agree with that completely. Um, I just if you're going to bring Doctor Manhattan back in though, are you going to bring in the actual other? Members of the of the Minutemen, of the Watchmen, yeah. Like, because I mean, Ozymandias left in in the world to kind of operate would be interesting. That'd almost be like not the same thing, but almost like a Norman Osborn level 
like a someone, Luthor. Like a, yeah, Oz, like another Ozymandias one. and Luthor facing off would be interesting. Yeah, and then I would love to see Night Owl just like work in the streets of Gotham being like, who the hell are you? Like, yeah. you know. Or Rorschach. Like, I feel like Rorschach was pre-Dark Knight Batman. Yeah. Because like, like, up until then, you had like, you had Batman, which was like the gray and blue around the same time. But then you had like Rorschach. And now I think Batman kind of like in the late nineties really embodied a lot of Rorschach in terms of just like that guy's crazy. Yeah. Like, and he's just beating people up to get answers. Like, <laughs> and, just, and he keeps beating them up after he has the answers yeah. that he wants. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I read it. Uh, it just felt like for a story that's trying to tell the beginning of something much bigger that it, it went nowhere fast. And that is not a pun intended to talking about the, the freaking treadmill, like staying in one place. I don't understand how that works. Like, like, why is it to be a treadmill? Like, could it be like an elliptical? Could it be a stair stepper? It could that would be, be really funny if yeah. it was an elliptical. <laughs> just like, all right, guys, just got to go. You know, and the Batman's like riding on his shoulders. Um, anyway, so interesting. I don't know how much value it adds to the overall narrative of bringing in Manhattan. You know, other than the first reverse flash dies again. I, whatever. Sure. Maybe that's going to be his new power. It's just be like, ah, I'm fighting reverse flash. Oh, he's dust. <laughs> yeah. So Did I do that. Who did that? Um, but did yeah, it just it, if you guys want to check out the books, you can. Like they, they're 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 fine, I guess. It's just that for I guess with the course correction of having event series take be so big and cover so many different books that course correcting to having just four issues over two series is interesting. But it's almost like they 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 corrected too far and and didn't didn't go far enough with it. So that's just my take. And I don't understand why the button was the central point of it. Still, I liked it. I thought it yeah. was. Uh, I I do agree with you that I don't. I don't feel like it was enough. It was kind of like an hors d'oeuvre, mm. um, instead of not even an appetizer. So yeah, that, that's a good way to describe it. So anyway, uh, that yeah. Uh, if you guys have any feelings about Watchmen being in the DC universe, um, you know, feel free to share it on our Facebook page. Uh, we are having some interaction there that, that is nice. Uh, we also have a website. It's invasionthepodcast.com. We are on Twitter at Invading Podcast. Uh, we do have a Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash invasion of the podcast if you want to financially support the show, and we would appreciate it. So then maybe we can go make our own buttons. You know, Then you could have a button, and then it will one day have significance. I don't know. but I have my blood on it. Yeah, just every every button we make will have Joe's blood on it. Just remember that. feel really woozy, Paul. <laughs> we got Make all these buttons. We gotta get more buttons. Yeah. I don't know, Paul. Can I at least have more cookies and orange juice? No. <laughs> um, so you can support us as low as like one dollar a month uh, and up to you know whatever you want to donate. A five dollar pledge. I always tease this every episode. You get to pick a wheel of death. We will watch it. So you could load up some terrible movies um, and then punish us with that. So we that, haven't had. We need to do a summer wheel of death. We need. We haven't done the wheel of death uh, in a while. It's true. We haven't. Um, so I think maybe the, maybe next week. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, because the last one we did was Robot Overlords, which turned out to be like not not the worst too bad. Movie. Yeah. yeah, it so. was it t- that movie was like a plus film student material. Yeah, right. Be so like, here's your final project: make a movie, <laughs> and it's going to have robots in it. Uh, so it's Invasion of the Podcast slash sorry patreon.com slash Invasion of the Podcast. Also, we're going to be at Northeast Ohio Comic Con on uh, Sunday, August twentieth, in North Olmsted. Yes, come um, see us there. Come say, yeah. come stop by our booth. Come say hi. Come get a blood button. You know, like we, we could have blood buttons <laughs> by then. Uh, so we'll be there. There's going to be most uh, unsanitary podcast. <laughs> just be like, could you nobody's sign this gonna, for me? We're not going to sign nobody's it. Nobody's going to come like, by our booth. Yeah, and be like, let's get damn it. 
It's like, why is there drop cloth all around? Yeah. Uh, and we're going to be there. There's going to be other uh, vendors, uh, comic people. It's $7 to get in. Uh, it is a Sunday only show, I, which is I interesting. Think there's a Groupon out there, too. Yeah. I, I saw it and I was going to link it. But I was a little worried that they would be like, "No, you can't do that." So yeah, that's uh, Northeast. So o- check check for the group on though. Seriously, uh, yeah, Northeast Ohio uh, Comic Con again, August twentieth. We'll be there, high fiving and talking about whatever. So uh, please check that out. Um, yeah. So en- enough enough talk about Flashpoint and Watchmen and uh, alternate realities. Let's talk about other alternate realities. Time to play the game. I love how we always instinctively look at our phones during a like a 10 second sound bit. Well, I'm bringing up the actual game. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, did it? What's going on? I got a message alert. Yeah. I'm actually really hungry right now, too. So I'm just like, I'm thinking about food all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm going to start looking at a pizza as I'm talking to you about uh, this game here. So, uh, within the, in, um, since we just talked about Flashpoint and Watchmen and all this like what ifs and alternate realities, I have some some real. It's not it's not a very big quiz, but this is all real stuff that happened that almost <laughs> did real stuff. Real stuff meaning like um, uh, like well I guess let's ask the first question. So, okay. So uh, the film E. T. Mm. was originally a horror film. Oh. That um that when Spielberg was pitched pitched to Spielberg. He didn't want to make another super serious like science fiction film because he just made Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. So this was supposed to be a sequel kind of to that movie. Uh, was the original name of E.T. Night Skies or E.T. Extra Terrifying? I'm going to say it was Extra Terrifying. It was Night Skies. Oh. Yeah. I, I yeah. wanted it to be Extra Terrifying. I just thought, yeah. So it was actually called uh, Night Skies, and I think he, they ended up using that title for a miniseries or something later, but it was supposed it to be- It sounds like a miniseries, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but that's that was supposed to be a scarier huh. alien that was there. So. I was- E.T. scared the crap out of me when I saw it. Yeah, no, it's... it's then again, I was two. There, there, it is kind of a it is a scary movie in the sense of, like, you don't know what E.T. really is until later, right? And I that's was, kind I of... I was actually scared of the government. <laughs> oh, well, you know, like, because actually the way that was the shot, you never really saw the government people, like, it was yeah. always from the eye level of, of Elliot. So yeah. that was terrifying. No, Were you making I, a joke about the government? Or no, no, saying, no. Okay. I was dead serious. That was the first movie I saw in the theater. My mom took me when I was two. Yeah, my mom was that lady with the damn kid in the theater. <laughs> But um, like we went and saw it, and I was pretty good up until the part when uh, the government shows up in the hazmat suits, and they're trying to grab Elliot, and then I just lost it. Yeah, and again, that was like Spielberg was smart to shoot it all from Elliot's perspective. Yeah, and yeah, so not extra terrifying, which I think is a way extra better terrifying name. for a two-year-old. <laughs> so Indiana Jones uh, was um, we all know it's Harrison Ford, but mm-hmm. there was another possible casting. Do you know? Do you know this one? Oh, wasn't it Tom Selleck? I was going to ask you if it was Ted Dancer or Tom Selleck. And yeah, then, I know it was Tom. Selleck. So that made me wonder, like, what a and Ted Dancer he couldn't uh, <laughs> Dan Jones would be like. He couldn't do it. He couldn't. He couldn't do it because of Magnum, I think. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. Tom Selleck, which um, I think he would actually have been a really good Indiana Jones. Tom Selleck was up for Harrison or um, up for Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, actually, yeah, up for uh, uh, Han Solo too. Really? Yeah. I I just I they, think he they, has he has that kind of charm. I think he could have pulled off that kind of like like uh like sarcasm and action. But I think it was I think him as uh Indiana Jones would have been fine. They were like they were like we want you to play Han Solo and he's like nah 
He's like, he's a smuggler. His name's Turd Ferguson. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then like, yeah, she had the mustache. He's he like, the mustache. nope. He's not like, nope. Doing and that, he yeah. had the big cowboy hat. So um, another movie franchise, uh, The Phantom, which has uh, Billy Zane as the Phantom. Friend Billy Zane. Uh, there was someone else that was almost the Phantom, like came right down to the wire and Billy Zane got the part. Was it Pierce Brosnan or Bruce Campbell? It was Bruce Campbell. It was Bruce Campbell. You're right. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, like really close. Bruce Campbell almost was the Phantom, which that in hindsight is probably a good thing, but also makes me wonder how that movie man would have played out. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have just added to his legacy of like more great random pop culture stuff. Yeah, and I think he would have found some of the the more humor in the pulp side of it. You know, like, I remember the, there was a. I think I brought it up on the podcast before like one of the trivia questions we had about comics was a phantom question and i knew it and i was we were the only team that got it i was like yep phantom yeah <laughs> slam evil yeah yeah <laughs> all right so uh james cameron was going to make a spider-man film but just couldn't get it put together uh who would have been his spider-man would it have been river phoenix or leonardo dicaprio river phoenix leonardo dicaprio really yeah wow yeah, this. I mean, I think Leo now is awesome. I think early Leo wasn't that great, so it makes me wonder how that would have went. Yeah, yeah. Um, and River Phoenix, like it would just would have been nice because maybe that would have been the movie that would have kept him around. Oh, that's sad. Anyway, um, uh, Joel Schumacher was already good to go with making a third Batman film, mm-hmm. and that's this is all the everything we're talking about here is true. These are things that just didn't happen. Um, what was going to be that third film, third Batman film title? Was it um, oh. Batman Infinity or Batman Triumphant? Batman Infinity. Batman Triumphant. Oh, also damn. known as Batman Unchained, which I don't understand what that would have been. But uh, it would have um, would have incorporated the Scarecrow uh, screwing with George Clooney. And that would have been because of the gas. They would have been able to bring back. They were actually in talks of bringing back Nicholson as the Joker to have scenes to screw with Batman mm. with the, the fear gas. And they're going to bring back all the actual like DeVito and all of them to have like this big, really weird movie. That would have been awesome to have that giant rogues gallery. That's one well, of the things. But a Schumacher directed one though. Uh, yeah. Like, which is weird because like Schumacher's made some like good movies, but then he's made like some pure shit. I know. And we always talk about like, well, we just talked about like I, I posted that comment or the, the thing on Facebook about like Batman and Spider-Man having like such a great rogues gallery. Like, like, you know, we talk about how the movies benefit from having only one villain, but give me give me a Sinister Six or give me like give me like an old school sixty six Batman team up movie of like yeah. at least five villains for just like one quick like romp or something like that. That would just be phenomenal to get some of that star power in there to see them all mess with him, you know. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um but, so but because Batman and Robin did so bad, we didn't get a third Schumacher film, so which is uh, which is probably okay. All right, Beverly Hills Cop was not originally Eddie Murphy. It almost went down to somebody else. Oh, was it Joe Piscopo or Sylvester Stallone? Was it Piscopo? It was Stallone. Why well, I'm really yeah. bad at this, man. Um, just, I think I'm just because I was thinking to... Piscopo. I was trying to throw that out there because he kind of had, you know, he was a little bit like more of a muscly guy and kind of had. He was kind of he was coming up around yeah. then because he was he was he was on SNL with Eddie Murphy, wasn't he? Not uh, after Eddie Murphy. After yeah. after Eddie Murphy. Okay. Um, but yeah, I guess Stallone just they were originally the movie was geared a little bit more actiony mm-hmm. than it was comedy, and he kept like making changes to the script and they're like we don't want you on this project, <laughs> so. 
Um, so there's that. And I'm like, that would have been a weird thing to been like, I'm a Detroit cop, but I sell like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Like that would have been uh, it's not like you're from Philly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so who framed Roger rabbit mm. is an unofficial sequel, which this is, this is true. Um, I sound like Jay Leno. Did you hear about this? Uh, is it an official sequel to Chinatown or the Maltese Falcon? Chinatown. That's correct. Uh, so um, I think not I seen, read that somewhere. Yes, yeah, so I've not seen Chinatown or the Two Jakes, but Jack Nicholson's character is the same one in both of those. And there was supposed to be a third movie called Cloverleaf that dealt with um, this this hidden like corruption with um, like the trolley lines in California. I forget this, but that the, the actual plot is what they ended up using in Who Framed Roger Rabbit of like redirecting the trolley cars to get rid of Toontown. And the name of the trolley car company is Cloverleaf. Ah. And the writers of the script, like straight up, have admitted, like, yeah, this was supposed to be the third movie of this like detective series, and it became Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's funny. Yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting. Um, Alien was not originally called Alien. What was the the original title that they had for Alien? Was it The Perfect Organism or Star Beast? I hope The Perfect Organism. Star Beast. Oh, no. Yeah, that was the original name of the, the oh, working script God. of Alien. Ugh. And the perfect organism is something that they call it in the movie. So I thought that would be, you know. Star I like Star Beast. That's kind of a cool name. <laughs> it, that would be like my wrestling name. Watch out for the Star Beast. I, I'm glad they didn't because I feel like Star was way overused at yep. that point in time in sci-fi. It's like, And I feel like Star Beast is a very 70s title. It is. And like Alien is kind of, it, it works, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the Breakfast Club was not originally called The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. It had a different title. Was it either The Lunch Bunch or The Saturday Underachiever Society? Probably The Saturday Underachiever Society. Or The Lunch Bunch. It was The Lunch Bunch? <laughs> it's a dumb name. Really? It's a really dumb name. Yeah. I'm glad. They, I don't even think they had lunch in that movie. I don't think they even really had breakfast. No, they had lunch. Remember because the, the one girl had the pixie sticks and the Captain Crunch on the sandwich? And the bread, and she smushed it all down and oh, ate it. Oh, yeah. And then the one kid took the, the salami and threw it and stuck to the statue's face. So, yeah, the lunch bunch. It's a dumb name. Mm-hmm. The Breakfast Club, I guess, isn't even a... It's it's not even a great name, but it but it's iconic now because of the movie. Yeah. I guess um, lunch bunch would be uh, iconic as well. I was going to be like, was it the lunch bunch or the brunch bunch? But I figured, <laughs> you know, that would tip it off. Um, all right. Scream was originally called Scary Movie or Stab. Stab. Scary movie. Really? Yeah. I, oh, that's so weird, though, because like Stab was the movie that they had parodied in the second screen. Yes. Because it opens, and they're, they're, in, the, they're in the theater. They're watching Stab, Stab, which is all about, you know, yeah. But it was originally called Scary Movie. They changed the name because they felt that the name was a little too, too on the nose, and then they went with Scream, and then Scary Movie picked it up because it felt like a very appropriate name. Uh-huh. So um, Snakes in the Plane mm-hmm. had a different name to start. Was it Pacific Air Flight 121 or Hard Ticket to Hawaii? Pacific Air Flight 121. You're right. That's the right. That's a shout out to Kevin because Hard Ticket to Hawaii is the movie that uh, he made me watch <laughs> in which a guy enters a room on a motorcycle or sorry, on a dirt bike with a rocket launcher to shoot a snake. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's one of, okay, When I say a great movie, it's a terrible movie. And I'm sure if I made Joe watch it, he'd be like, why are we watching this? I tried explaining terrible men to a group of people like Terrible men? You mean dangerous men? Or dangerous I tried, men. I tried to explain terrible men to a bunch I, of people. Yeah, dangerous men. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I might have even said terrible men. I love it. Oh, that movie is so watched, terrible, I though. I just watched this movie. It's called Bad Guys. I don't know if you guys know it. Bad guys. Right. Terrible men. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad I... Unlikely persons. I'm glad I messed that up. Um, All right, last one here. Has a bonus question, though. Back to the Future 
had a different name. Was it Time of Your Life or Spaceman from Pluto? Spaceman from Pluto? Yeah, that's right. There's a whole story online, I, and I had it here, and I forget. You guys can look it up. One of the producers of the film thought Back to the Future was a dumb name and wanted to go more with a comedy, and he kept he was adamant at calling the movie uh, Spaceman from Pluto, and everybody thought he was joking. And then they all kind of leaned into it to show him how ridiculous it was, and he was kind of like, oh, yeah, I was just kidding. And it's like, no, he really wasn't kidding. He wanted to call the movie Spaceman from Pluto, which involved time travel and not Pluto. Um, bonus question. The, the DeLorean wasn't the original vehicle. Or sorry, mm. the original vessel that was going to cost time travel. Do you know what the original vessel was supposed to be? No. It Was it a refrigerator or a washing machine? Probably a refrigerator. It was a refrigerator that was going to be detonated in an atomic bomb blast to send him back in time. Hmm. And, they, they, and if you realize, that sounds a lot like what happened to Indiana Jones in yeah. the Game of the Crystal Skull. Uh, so, yeah, like those are all near misses of things that almost happened with movies and acting choices. So I thought that was interesting. Wow. Star Beast. Star Beast. Yeah. So glad we dodged Star Beast. <laughs> so, all right. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we have some stuff possibly coming up. I don't, don't want to announce it yet, uh, but some cool things coming when we get the dates announced. We'll announce them um, uh, in terms of like possible guests on the show. Don't want to spoil that. Uh, but anyway, it's Tom Holland. It's Tom Holland. Yeah, it's it's Spider Man. No, it's not. Um, yeah. So, so how many times are you going to see Spider Man in the theater? I don't know, man. Like, I'm I'm running into debacle because we we fly out to Florida tomorrow. They have Spider Man there. They do, but <laughs> it's getting my fiance to let me go see it. But, like, hey, we're scoping out so, wedding venue stuff. What about this theater? It's air conditioned. They could probably hold a wedding here. Oh, look, Spider Man's here. What do you know? Oh, look at huh. that. Oh, you know, Spider Man was the series called Renew Your Vows. We should probably watch this movie. We should. <laughs> no, it's the the shitty thing is it's going to rain like 80% of the time we're there. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping to use it as an excuse to be like, damn, it's raining, man. We should just go see Spider Man. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, would, I would totally go with you in that case but at the same time i'd also be like we're down here for a few days let's go do something else other than go to a movie theater that's what she's yelling at me about <laughs> i'm like if this was any other movie but it's spider-man but it's spider-man and it's actually getting really good reviews i know like that that makes me excited now so yeah well good luck in florida definitely for sure gonna go see it when i get back i'll probably if i go see it in florida i'm sure i'm gonna go see it because i don't have to go back to work until next thursday so when i get back at the beginning of the week i might go sneak out and go see it again I'll probably go see it. Like I, I'm like I, I should go buy one of those twenty four hour passes that they offer sometimes. Let's go sit. Oh the yeah. Theater. What did they do that with? The, was it the Martian? Yeah, the Martian, and I think they also Interstellar. Did, yeah. <laughs> like which when they did that, I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, um, it it kind of made my face do that thing when like you know like you get something in your eyes and you're like, well, I'm just glad they didn't offer like one of those deals where they do the marathon of all the Marvel movies like where it's like, hey, oh. hey, if you want to pay for a certain price, you could watch all five other Spider Man films. And then watch this, and I like I would not go to that. That would be tough. But I am going to see Homecoming. Of course, I'm going to see Homecoming. I, you know, it's a Spider-Man film, and this will be the first one I've seen in the theater since three. So, oh, you didn't go see Amazing? I didn't. No, no, you you gave me those to watch like well, last year. Why didn't you go see them in the theater? I just had no interest. I don't know something about like the reboot and like it just none of it seemed like something I was going to be that interested in. Didn't see in the the um, the first one. Um, just the Amazing Spider-Man is actually not bad. 
Yeah. It's okay. That's why Spider-Man loves me more because I went to <laughs> the theater. Well, and I also heard in this new movie that they just they they basically just give like one line of dialogue about the origin and they move on. So that makes me really happy that we're avoiding the dead parents. Yeah, we're again. we're six movies in. We really don't need to see Uncle Ben get shot. And DC's like, hold my beer, and then they're going to show like I bet you Justice League starts off with like all the family members like Aqua Aquaman's parents. The Flash's parents, Cyborg's parents, they're all walking out of the theater and one guy just guns them all down. That's what's going to happen. You know, that's you're going to find out they all had. <laughs> they just parents. look at the camera, all dead. <laughs> Let's move on. All, all right. dead. Anyway, all right. It's going right. to do it for us this week. Uh, again, hit us up on social media and have, have a safe week and, and hope Joe gets to see the Spider Man. <laughs>